Hey, so before this episode starts, I wanted to let you know that I'm running a free webinar training on how I reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers each year and generate partnership revenue through authentic brand partnerships. It may be that you're feeling really cash strapped at the moment. Maybe you're over relying on Facebook and Instagram advertising, or it could just be that your marketing strategies are no longer cutting through or working like they used to. Either way, it's absolutely time to use brand partnerships. There's never been a more necessary time to integrate this tactic into your marketing strategy because partnerships can drive both reach and revenue for your business, which is really exciting. I'm only going to do two free sessions on this. The first one's on Tuesday, the 2nd of August, and the second one is on Wednesday, the 3rd of August. One's at lunchtime, one is early morning. Um, And to register, you can do that for free via the URL, bit.ly slash reach 100k or bit.ly slash reach 100k. I look forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to This Is How We Do It. We chat with brilliant marketers to delve behind the scenes of creative marketing collaborations and brand partnerships. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and I'm the founder of Collabosaurus. And together with Microsoft Store Sydney, we are exploring how collaboration marketing can build a business, and we're chatting to the pros about how they do it. Welcome back to another episode of This Is How We Do It. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and we have such a fantastic conversation to share with you today. The wonderful Diana Kay is the marketing director of Vogue Australia, GQ Australia and Vogue Living, and she joined us for one of our live podcast recording events in Sydney. So mind a little bit of background noise. I was so excited to speak with Diana because she has more than 20 years experience in marketing and the magazine industry. And over the last seven years, she's led experiential strategy and growth for this highly successful portfolio of brands being Vogue Living, Vogue Australia and GQ Australia, achieving growth in new geographical locations, uncovering partnership verticals and sponsorship revenue, all of which we're going to chat through today. It's also worth noting that in mid-2019, Diana launched Vogue VIP, which is a category-first loyalty program that absolutely amplifies its impact through clever collaborations, which we're going to talk through Vogue VIP in the interview. But Diana has kindly extended an offer for the Collabosaurus listeners, which I'm going to pop in the show notes if you wanted to check it out. But without further ado, I'm very excited to share this episode with you. Let's get into it. question is a pretty simple one I suppose being you know the marketing director of all of these different brands um, what does a typical day look like? I love this question um, it, my answer is going to be cliche because no two days are the same um, but if I can throw back to um, a day in December recently and I'll look at my team where uh, my day started with a 5am call out to Bondi Icebergs to kick off what was going to be um, two days of fabulous back-to-back events celebrating Vogue's 60th birthday. We started with 500 customers voguing to Madonna's Vogue um, around Bondi icebergs and literally made waves globally with that um, (laughs) via social media. 
uh, to that day concluding uh, with my first cut of budget submissions for FY21. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> fun and games. I saw that there's a there's the video of everyone voguing to icebergs. You should check it out on all on social media. I'm we assuming. had so much fun planning that. Yeah, we it had amazing. You know, usually with event delivery, we get to the event and, you know, the team that are operating and putting it on don't get to enjoy it as much. But that one in particular, and those two days in particular, it was two years in the making and we had yeah. a lot of fun yeah. putting them on but um, also kind of enjoying them, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And how much of your role focuses on partnerships? I think partnerships comes in so many different forms from sponsorships to joint venture to, you know, collaborations and influencer partnerships and brand partnerships too. So how much of your role focuses on that? Look, I I would say a huge part of um, a huge part of our role, my role would focus on partnerships, sponsorships, um, collaborations. You know, you can consider internal um, meetings and internal departments to be a collaborative um, process as well to ensure you get the best outcome in the campaign that you're leading. Um, but you know, we take partnerships um, and sponsorships so seriously in our division, particularly in Prestige. So much so, I'd say about six years ago, we created like specific roles that actually allow us to ensure that when we collaborate, um, we have got the right personnel in place to deliver that um, outcome. So some of them are in the room today, um, but we've got our pre-sales or pre-collaboration team. We've got our marketing and brand team that help us ensure that the collaboration partnership is delivered bang on point for our brands in Vogue GQ and Vogue Living. And then we've got what we call our um, post-campaign or post-collaboration team. I'm looking right at one of them. Um, And we make sure that everything that's been promised in the partnership is delivered right down to an Excel spreadsheet that goes for pages. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. I think lots of big brands are yet to hop on that bandwagon. So. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, we take it seriously. And I really think um, a big part of us setting up that kind of personnel and operating rhythm has allowed us to have the success that Vogue particularly mm. has had in um, in our collaboration growth, in our strength of experiential growth over the years. And um, now playing in, in a really strong loyalty space that, you know, we know the eyes of the world are watching. So, uh, watching us and, and seeing how successful we are. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, I mean, I think, you know, when collaborations are done well and delivered on properly and leveraged, oh my gosh, they can just be so powerful. Yeah, they truly can. Yeah. And I mean, Vogue has worked across social media collabs, experiential collabs, product collabs, even online experiences as well with brands like Qantas and American Express and Foxtel and Westpac. Um, yep. Do you have a favourite type? Collaboration type? Oh, gosh. Um, I've got. There are a number that um, I would say are favourite. I don't have one particular favourite. There's so many that are great and they, it just truly depends on um, the one that, you know, uh, the outcome of the collaboration. I'd say one of my favourites would be our Vogue and American Express partnership. Um, we Vogue American, or Vogue Fashions Night Out was an idea that was born out of New York way back um, when the GFC happened. Um, its purpose was really pointed. It was to ignite spend in retail um, stores and we did that. I took that idea on and did it really successfully here in Sydney particularly. Um, took it to Melbourne but the year we brought Amex on board, um, which was about five years ago now, 
uh, was when we saw that collaboration and that idea that started with Vogue uh, catapult to have a whole new level of purpose. Um, we, through Amex, are able to share with our council partners, so our collaborations go so much further than just brand to brand, but actually governments and businesses and, and how we can um, you know, provide them solutions for some of their pain points, for want of a better word. Um, but through Amex, we're able to share kind of really pointed data in how our event um, delivers the retail, like the impact of the retail economy to those CBDs that we activate in. So, yeah, that's probably a, a real favourite of ours. Another one we have a lot of fun at when we're um, delivering that event. Um, I'd say another favourite would be um, our partnership with the National Gallery of Victoria. So, again, completely different. I've gone from a finance company in Amex through to a um, arts, you know, government-run arts company in, in the National Gallery of Victoria. We are about seven years deep in our partnership with them and it started with merch collaborations where we were trying to put um, a spotlight on some of their campaigns like Jean-Paul Gaultier's exhibition, etc., um, through to uh, a real exchange of our customer information and data so that we can... Um, increase each other's audience catchment um, to more recently uh, Vogue co-chairing the development of what was the inaugural NGV Gala three years ago and we're still on that board today and Edwina and I have a lot of fun doing that so Amazing. yeah it's good. Amazing, lots of experiential in there which is fabulous. Yeah we've had a lot of fun, as I said we're kind of uh, still playing in the experiential space but um, loyalty and kind of direct to customer is absolutely where we're staying. Yeah our focus now. Yeah. And I love that example um, because it doesn't only just involve two brands, it loops in a few others, you know, in different ways and different industry verticals. Why do you think that partnership is so effective? Um, look, I think you nailed it in saying um, the fact that we, it's it's so much broader than the two brands. It mm -hmm. is, yes, Vogue and American Express have the naming rights over this amazing event. Uh, we also... Um, you know, fulfil, as I've mentioned earlier, a pain point of that of the councils. We help um, our retail brands and retail customers um, fulfil one of their, um, you know, kind of objectives in, in wanting to get people to come into their stores but spend at a higher yield versus constantly spending at discounted rates. So we service their, um, you know, KPIs. We also service our core customer, the Loyal Vogue reader. You know, we give her something to come and um, enjoy and celebrate. So, you know, when we look at an event like that, our um, collaborations or partnerships um, span from not just the two brands that are at the helm of the naming rights of the event, but rather every touch point of that event. Um, it's a year in the making. And, uh, you know, the opportunities that come from the delivery of Fashions Night Out, particularly um, given that we've been one of the longest running Fashions Night Out, and, and here's a little go Aussie, we run the most successful Fashions Night Out globally out of all Vogue's, by the way. Just yeah. a little quiet plug there. Um, <laughs> you know, that event has put us um, in the spotlight for us to be able to expand the collaborations that we do with other industries and verticals. It's very public, it's very, um, you know, noticed and therefore we've been able to play in the tech sector recently, um, we have been able to play in um, banking as I mentioned earlier, etc. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's been great. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that the customer is at the core, I think, of so many collaborations. I see a lot of sort of bad collaborations, I suppose, happen around where they're collaborating for collaboration's sake and they're not necessarily collaborating to actually collaborating to deliver value to the customer. So that's yep. fabulous. Um, I was going to ask about brand clout because I think a brand like Vogue holds so much 
you know, brand clout that's really hard, that has a whole lot of immeasurables around it, yep. I suppose. Yep. Um, and a lot of businesses collaborate as a way to align with a brand and establish credibility in that way. Have you ever found in a meeting before maybe that that's really hard to communicate or that hasn't been understood? Um, for a brand like Vogue, <laughs> very, like I actually can't recall a time where someone hasn't understood the um, integrity of our our promise. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, that said, if I were to be challenged, and I've worked on many brands, if I were to be challenged um, in the space of brand clout and how to demonstrate, you know, your value to the brand that you're um, aiming to do the collaboration with, I'd kind of uh, take it back to what you can prove to the other brand in that I'd look at your data sources and um, provide them the data insights that, that will essentially elevate your brand clout in that point of conversation. And then I'd go a step further and use that data in, the, in a form of context that provides them that visibility. So um, in the case of Vogue, for instance, you know, I could quite easily, if you didn't understand, you know, what Vogue meant globally and, and locally, um, I could talk to the fact that our audience is three times that of our nearest competitor and then provide you that context in a local form as well. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so I'd say, you know, if, if ever in doubt, go back to a data source that you can yep. substantiate your argument with. Yeah. And I love that you touched on um, the value exchange and actually, you know, figuring out what your collaborators' objectives are to then work a collaboration that's mutually beneficial and yep. is exchanging value. Could agree. Um, so... My next question is about Vogue codes, which is fabulous. If you haven't attended, <laughs> it's awesome. Yep. <laughs> um, I was there last year and it was wonderful. And there was a fabulous collaboration with Westpac. And I'd love you to talk through a little bit about that. How did that come about? And Absolutely. So the collaboration with Westpac, look, I think I've mentioned the word pain point before. Um, let me change that and mention the word objective. Um, with Westpac and Vogue, we were so like-minded in so many things. We're both brands of incredible integrity in our respective industries. Uh, we both had strengths um, in the sense that Vogue had the strength over our authoritative voice, our substantial influence over a female customer, whereas Westpac's strength was their knowledge of the technology sector um, and their knowledge of the challenge that that sector was going to face in the years to come. And by years, I mean they were forecasting 25, 30 years ahead when we first launched this collaboration. And the problem or the pain point was that we had a lack of women um, following their education path into uh, a career that was going to lead them into the tech sector, which meant that we would have technology run by men and that creativity that comes with a female mind was going to be missing in, in the sector to come. So together we created what originally we thought was going to be teaching girls how to code and we actually still haven't taught girls how to code, we thought codes. Rather we put the spotlight on empowering women to consider a um, career in, in technology and we've done that um, really successfully so far and Westpac can talk to the statistics of their um, you know, uh, their uh, uh, employees that they've hired and the balance in the male and female um, demographics now in their tech sector that was imbalanced when we started and then bang on equal. And we're charged to continue to do that across not just Westpac but um, tech sector across um, all of Australia. Uh, we launched with an event that started here in Sydney. We're now looking at this year potentially delivering 16 events Australia-wide and an expansion to Singapore. So it's pretty wow. phenomenal. 
Um, the other thing about Westpac is, uh, sorry, Evoke Codes um, and Westpac is that we make sure that we are reaching a new audience. So the audience doesn't just look at converting the Vogue audience we currently have, but rather spread, spreading both our wings out to children. We run a Vogue Codes event for kids. This last year and this year, uh, we're expanding our university uh, program. So we're running codes um, in universities across New South Wales, Newcastle, um, Melbourne, Adelaide, etc. Uh, we've got a summit event that means that we can talk business to business. So we're really kind of influencing women that can make a change in their senior roles within business, government, council. Um, and then we've got Vocodes Live, which is where um, Jess, you know, you got to come and, and speak at, which was amazing and probably one of our favourite events in the mix of things, in that we are inspiring um, women that are at the back end of their education process or in early um, careers to consider kind of, if you're sitting on that idea that you haven't launched, get it up, get it up and running. Don't just wait for, you know, it to come, but get up and, and get going with it. So, yeah, Vocodes is by far, grew faster than we knew it would and we're so proud of it. It was so great. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so my next question is about pitching. And I think, you know, you would be no stranger to both proactively and reactively mm. responding to collaboration pitches from all kinds of different brands. Is there anything that stands out to you as a really great pitch that comes your way? What is it about those pitches that stand out? I would say um, a great pitch would be when the brand approaching you has actually done their research and they have intimately understood your brand mm -hmm. and reflect to reflect that kind of intimacy of knowledge in their pitch to you because then half the job's done totally. they know what they know what uh, your objectives are they've made them their own that's often what we do in the reverse actually is ensuring who we're aiming to collaborate with that their kpi their objective what their outcome is that they're looking for becomes ours and we make it ours um look i, I think that's it really like i think it's the intimacy of you know understanding mm -hmm. the brand that you're aiming for and then um, putting your um, kpi forward and aligning on that to ensure that the pitch sings strongly before you've even left that first conversation or meeting sure. point I love that tip that you flip it when you go and approach other brands. Um, with with the Westpac collaboration, who approached you? Oh, good question. Who approached <laughs> you? I think it was Vogue to Westpac. Would that be okay. right? The other way around. Westpac to Vogue. I have to come back to you on that one. I mean, they both work. I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon the interruption. I'm popping in with a quick word from our partners at Microsoft Store. As you know, we hosted these podcast chats as part of our launch event at Microsoft Store Sydney, and it was fantastic. What a lot of people don't know is that they actually host a ton of free events and workshops for small businesses and their employees. From free tech support services to small business consultations or workshops and personal training courses, they've got it all. So if you wanted to book in for a free consult in Microsoft Store, check the link in our show notes. How has collaboration marketing helped you further grow Vogue Australia in new geographical locations? Because that was mentioned in your bio and it piqued my interest. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, what I spoke to just then about our Vogue codes and what I mentioned earlier about Fashion's Night Out, I mean, being able to do some major collaborations that have got such um, a strength of visualisation, people see these events, um, allows other sectors to realise that there's something that they're missing out on. Uh, Vogue codes grew faster than we could keep up with it in those early years because uh, SA government 
and count, our SA Council friends heard about and want to peace. And if you don't know this already, but South Australia are one of our um, kind of tech capitals here in Australia. So we quickly went, how can we take vote codes to Adelaide? And one service there, um, objective of, of making sure people realise there's this amazing spotlight of uh, tech education available in South Australia and vice versa. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think that pretty much sums up the answer to that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of people aren't aware that Vogue Australia is actually, the, it's the fourth oldest, I believe, of Vogues around the world, which is amazing, really, when you think about it. Um, and it's always played a role when it comes to arts and culture and music and literature. So I'd love to ask you about when it comes to collaboration, does this add a layer of difficulty when it comes to sort of navigating a partnership and making it work sort of on those fronts um, or does it open more doors? Oh, it absolutely opens more doors. Yeah. Amazing. I, you know, I feel like I'm repeating myself somewhat. I think um, by being able to uh, work in multiple sectors, be it arts, you know, our strength of partnership with the National Gallery of Victoria allowed us to look at a partnership with the National Portrait Gallery to launch out one of our 60th initiatives last year. Um, the fact that we have got such um, a voice of influence in those sectors has let us um, move into, into others quite easily, actually. Yeah, amazing. And the next question I have for you is about timing, because you mentioned that Westpac were working quite a few years out in terms of their planning and I think from brand to brand this varies so much so when it comes to collaborations for Vogue how far out does your planning go is it quick turnarounds through like 18 months a year a few years um, it could be anything from three hours to three days to three <laughs> months to 18 months to three years. Interesting. <laughs> uh, it really depends on um, what we're looking to do. Uh -huh. So uh, a smaller example would be the T20 cricket, women's cricket is coming up and we started negotiations like 24 hours ago and we're very close to finalising and the outcome will be in market in three weeks' time, I would say. So, yeah. That's amazing. So, quite quite short. Yeah. Um, I think the success in being able to deliver a multitude of collaborations across the brands comes down to your opportunity to be very nimble. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to be really pointed in making sure that the filter, be it the brand filter um, and the outcome of the collab is super clear um, in order to be able to decipher what is going to work quickly and what um, needs to be sidelined and developed further. Mm, absolutely. I think our, our conversation with Barbie, it was very similar. She had worked across a few different larger businesses and experienced the flexibility in brand collaborations and the quick turnaround times versus the very slow old school approach um, and she said the quick fast turnaround times always worked so so well because then you could jump on opportunities that absolutely met yep. the brand strategy yep um, okay so my next question is about the Vogue VIP which I'd love for you to tell us about so what is it how did it launch? Because it only launched in August 2019. Yeah, August last year, yes. that's right. Um, Vogue VIP for us uh, is um, us putting a program together that is all about the customer and being direct to customer. It's a re-energisation of what we know a Vogue or a magazine sub subscription to look like. Uh, as a VIP member, you get uh, the printed magazine delivered to your door monthly. You also get access to the digital edition, so it means that you will get Vogue delivered to you no matter where you are at, at all your um, touch points, so we're present in every arm of their lives. 
You also get access to a membership law, like a loyalty program, and behind that are three key verticals. In that, you get insider access into a number of um, uh, events and the like that Vogue put on. Um, events is a huge part of huge part of our delivery, and then exclusives as well. Mm-hmm. So and we, collaborations are just such a major part without of that a whole doubt. offering. Yeah, yeah. So the entire program is actually built on the collaborations uh, within the VIP program. So every one of those three verticals I spoke to, so insider access events and exclusives, is full of offers for the VIP member that only VIP members get access to, and that could be anything from what have we got coming up? Should I reveal an exclusive? It could be anything from. We can cut it from the podcast if it's like sensitive. <laughs> Sitting with the Vogue editorial team at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week coming up in May because they're selling tickets to customers for the first time. But you can only buy through being part of the program. Um, to getting the opportunity to purchase a ticket to any one of the Vogue hosted or our collaborative partners hosted events, but doing it before early, so before public sales, so that you get in and, and don't miss out. Uh, it could also be uh, things like this T20, um, you know, opportunity I just spoke of early, earlier with the cricket. So it's not just about fashion, beauty uh, and the like, but it's actually access to so many different um, mm-hmm. opportunities that mm-hmm. are unique to Vogue VIP. And I think that the <laughs> The other takeout from Vogue VIP uh, for the collaborating partner is the uh, unique audience we're providing them. So the Vogue VIP customer is our most loyal. So she's so highly engaged to the point where where the redemptions of uh, the offers are currently sitting at three to one. So, you know, you can't buy that. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I think you can use collaborations as such a tool to drive loyalty as well and yeah, create amazing doubt. experiences, which is fabulous. So the offer I mentioned when we first started chatting, everyone's going to get in an email link after the event and it's basically $6.50 gets you the subscription to the Vogue print magazine, the digital edition, and you get... Um, the Vogue Frank Green mm. reusable cup, which we all have in the office and adore. <laughs> yep. So it's an awesome um, cup to, you know. Yeah, like and that's Vogue. just for the Collaborosaurus yeah. uh, <laughs> attendees today and anyone that listens to the podcast thereafter. Yes, yeah, so we'll get everyone that link if you're interested in that. Yep. Um, and then flipping and turning sort of attention to proactively approaching partnerships that are of interest to Vogue. Um, how do you go about defining a collaboration approach and who to approach and then how do you approach them? So what's the process? It's quite similar to what I spoke of earlier in regards to the um, partner coming to us. So the approach is down to what is our pain point? What are we looking to solve? Mm-hmm. Um you know, I would say one of the big areas we're focusing on at the moment is sustainability. What what can we do in that space that solves the pain point for, um, of course, we can't solve the world issue, but what can we do in small bite-sized steps that allows us to move that dial effectively? So where do we go with that moving forward? Uh, the we, Frank Green Cups are exactly, a Exactly, first step in the process. Yeah. Uh, we will... Uh, there's, there's so many different ways. We will uh, bring our team together that I mentioned earlier, so pre, post and um, during uh, implementation to, to come up with the concept that we need to take to market. We'll then approach the brand that we're looking for, uh, pick up on their KPI, ensure that that becomes the core of what we're talking about, how we're going to solve the problem through our strengths, what 
uh, we can deliver what they can deliver and ensure that they're not the same thing, rather they're balancing each other out. And then ideally the brand collaboration is born thereafter. Amazing. And I'm curious as to how, you know, so many of Vogue's partnerships have been so long term, which is so fabulous and obviously thriving relationships. Do you have any tips for keeping a relationship thriving? I can say that's a big part of that. It's actually down to the people. Mm-hmm. A huge part of that's down to the people. So if you speak to um, any one of those long-standing partners that we have, be it Amex or Westpac or the National Gallery of Victoria, um, our council partnerships, we've been partnering with City of Sydney for over 10 years now and it is down to the people in the teams that ensure that um, there's a sense of passion and ownership in what we deliver. It's not just about, um, you know, campaign delivery and then leave it there. It's about long-term relationship um, sustain, sustainability. Totally. And I, I use the dating analogy a lot with Calabasaurus, you know, it's like a Tinder for businesses. But, you know, it's it's communication in any relationship is so important and I see so many collaborations happen and then um, communication just stops. Yep. You know, which is such a shame. And yep. those those if those collaborations are so successful, they can continue again and again and, you know, work in different ways as well. You know, if you've done an experiential collab, you can explore a social media collab, yep. for example, I, together. Look, I couldn't agree more. I mean, another brand I could throw into the mix would be Qantas. Mm-hmm. And this is way before my time. Qantas and Vogue have had a um, partnership in play for 60 years from the day we kind of launched. Mm-hmm. We found articles that dated right back to those early issues where Qantas were working with Vogue to deliver fashion items out of you know Europe to here for, to make our shoots in time and the like. Um, oh gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing. Um, but it is, it's down to open communication, constantly servicing and being part of uh, you know, each other's teams, I suppose. And that's where all the new initiatives are born from. So every time you conclude one campaign, the next kind of idea is born from that or the next yeah. sprout of that idea. I mean, Codes was three events, we're 16 deep now because through our continual relationship with our Westpac friends, you know, we're understanding where they're wanting to re-steer and how we can help them get there. So, yeah, it's, it's great. Amazing. It is a relationship. Not yes. Tinder, but, you know, <laughs> near enough. <laughs> it's a bit deeper than Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Oh, that was pleasure. fabulous. I feel like I could just talk to you forever. Same. I'm happy to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.